Hey, hoop ballers, are you into sports betting? Do you want to know why a certain game has a funky line? Well, HoopBall has you covered. Today in sports betting is a great addition to all your handicapping questions with hosts Ira Silver and Devin Ellington. We break down game lines and future bets on all sports and try to make some money along the way. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallGaming, at Ira Silver Magic, and at D-A-L-E-007. And download Today in Sports Betting in the App Store, Google Play, and available on Spotify. Friday we did it again guys we made it to the end of a week every week I feel like we've we've climbed a mountain that's a tough year man ah, it's a tough year but we made it we made it to the end of another week and we made it into one major sports season baseball started yesterday I know there were only two games but you know what they happened and uh, only one key player on the two teams tested positive, so I don't, I don't know what to make of that. Is that good? Whatever. I got to watch ball. I watched a little bit of the uh, Lakers scrimmage yesterday. Not the whole thing, because, you know, scrimmage. I kind of like the weird camera angles and, and arenas where you, <laughs> they're like just court in every direction. It almost feels like you're watching a video game. A little bit. And then it was nice to see, you know, they've got the screens up and uh, teammates and other what have you. So it's going to be, it's going to be fine. Here's the thing. Many weeks ago, we looked at this moment and we were like, man, it doesn't feel like we're ever going to get there. We're so damn close right now that, you know, like five weeks ago, I had no trepidation. Because I was like, look, we're, if anything goes completely wrong between now and then, it'll all just blow up. So I'm not going to get my hopes up. But now we're close enough to basketball where I, I legitimately have my hopes up. I still don't have my hopes up for baseball, even though it's already started. I just I don't know how this works. Like, Think about the, the, uh, the Juan Soto thing from yesterday. Juan Soto testing positive, if you guys missed that news. Uh, Washington Nationals, he's one of their star young players. You don't even need to know that part. The part you need to know is that they got the positive test yesterday, Thursday, a couple hours before their opening day game, uh, from a test that was taken on Tuesday. So he practiced with his team while, I would assume, potentially contagious. How the hell that turns out, I don't know, but this every other day thing in a sport where they play every day is probably not, probably not great. And I'm sure I'm missing something. I know there's some some pool testing and what have you, but the fact that that was a test on Tuesday and the results came back two days later is not great. But anyway, that's why I haven't got my hopes up too high on the baseball front. Basketball, my hopes are up, man. They're testing people inside the bubble. We got that zero a couple days ago. My hopes are up, and that's ripe for a letdown. As a California Golden Bear, former golden bear i guess you're well, you're always one right once you're an alumnus i am quite familiar with getting my hopes up only to have them dashed and so what i've tried to do with this is stay cautiously optimistic throughout the entire process and you know hope that all the fail safes they put in place are going to work and so far they have been and now i find myself vulnerable 
because I, I'm starting to think this NBA thing might work. And that's exactly when I'm going to get knocked off. But anyway, uh, this is Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Vaspris. This is a hoop ball presentation. Oh, cool stuff happening at hoop ball these days, guys. I know that um, it's not really a time of year where you're frequenting fantasy websites. And if you're listening to this, that means you're a real lunatic diehard. And for that, we love you. But I would, if you have time, go check out HoopBall, hoop-ball.com, and look at how pretty everything is. Aaron, Chris, and Tom have been grinding in the background, grinding in the background to get different upgrades put in place. There's just, there's new logos, there's new color schemes, there's new headings there's new ways to find things there's new ways to interact we'll be i think doing a more traditional rollout of some of this stuff here in the in the next little bit but you can kind of see what's been going on quietly behind the scenes it's already starting to take shape over there uh, if you want to get my resumption draft board i'll remind you guys here at the outset you can do that by going to hoop-ball.com newsletter you can sign up for it there it's very simple you just put in your email address a first and a last name the first and last name, actually, you could make up if you really want to. The only thing that needs to be real is the email address uh, because you'll be emailed a link to my draft board and Eric Ong's points league draft board, if that's the resumption that you're going into. So if you're going into a resumption points league, you can get that from Eric Ong. My draft board, I think, has like 136, 140 names, something like that for, uh, for nine category leagues. So check it. Hoop-ball.com slash newsletter. Today's going to be a fun one on the podcast. we got Adam King coming up in about two or three minutes, depending on how verbose I get before that part. Adam, our newest Hoopballer. He's the assistant managing editor now here at Hoopball. He's at AdamKing91 on Twitter. He also wrote an article on five resumption league value plays. We're going to break that down here on the podcast, and then you can go check out his analysis on each of those guys at Hoop-ball.com. So that's coming up in a couple of seconds. We're not going to be breaking down any draft results on today's show. We can continue some of that on Monday. I also wanted to take a second at the outset here to address uh, some NBA news. And before I even got into that, something else popped up on my radar, which is that our sports betting show, Today in Sports Betting with Iris Silver, uh, had a perfect MLB opener yesterday. They nailed all of their plays. Um, I think the only one that got canceled was the total on game one and then the other one you know game one whether it went final it sort of depends on the book but they came out of the shoot running hot that's today in sports betting you can follow them over at hoopball gaming nba news again it's so weird to look at the twitter timeline and see like stats austin rivers left the bubble that doesn't change much um lou williams left the bubble that does change things a little bit although supposedly he's coming back soon but, you know, we're hearing that when guys are gone, like Zion Williamson, I think, right now, they're getting tested every day that they're not in the bubble. So presumably, that would then shorten the amount of time it would take them to get back inside the bubble, right? Like they wouldn't, if they're getting tested every single day, then they don't have to quarantine for two weeks outside the bubble and then quarantine again inside the bubble. You just get tested Immediately, basically, you get tested the day before you leave. You get tested the day you leave for the bubble. 
you get those tests back while you're quarantining in the bubble and getting tested for two additional days. And so maybe that whole process only takes like three days instead of seven or eight. So it's possible we get these guys back in. I didn't think Lou Williams was going to be much of a value in this situation anyway, because Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, both healthy. This just pushes him farther down the pecking order. We haven't heard a ton out of the Montrez Harrell side or the Pat Beverly side. And really all this does in my estimation is that uh, Reggie Jackson might actually have to do something. So he probably now like firmly belongs on your draft board. Not a great pick by any stretch. He's still way down at the bottom. But, you know, if everybody else on your board is gone, throw him into the mix. You might be able to steal one or two games at the outset. With no Lou Williams and no Patrick Beverly and no Montrez Harrell, Reggie Jackson's going to have no choice but to play. Remember we talked about, I think it was on yesterday's show, maybe the day before. Who knows? The days run together that I probably would have watched one game to see what Reggie Jackson would do in the no Pat Beverly, no Montrez scenario. But now, when you take out Lou Williams, who, at least in my mind, was the logical guy to take most of Reggie Jackson's shots, not that they were his, but you catch my meaning, if Reggie was in the starting lineup, Lou comes off the bench, he ends up sort of dominating the ball uh, in the times when there's no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard. Now, it might have to be Reggie Jackson as the third scoring option on that team. So you might potentially run him out there that first game. But we'll wait and see. Lou Williams might be back. Bev might be back. Montrez might be back. You kind of have to take that approach. But I think you can flip. And if your draft is 13, 14, 15 rounds long, I think you could probably flip Reggie Jackson to the end of your roster and uh, just kind of see how that whole thing shakes out. News in the other direction. Eric Bledsoe participated in practice with the Bucks. Today, this happened this morning already. They already had their, their morning deal because, you know, it's the afternoon Eastern time. Uh, that, that augurs well. This gives him a week to ramp up. I think you can put him sort of back where he belongs, which is I don't expect him to play more than five or six games because the Bucks are set to lock this thing up. I think they're going to rotate through giving each of their main guys a day off maybe after the first two games, so... Uh, probably a game, game and a half off for Bledsoe. We have him in the 70s, which I think maybe you could push him just a little bit sooner now with the the feeling that he's, I don't want to say perfectly healthy necessarily, uh, but you know we had a marker on our draft board that said pending COVID return. You can at least take that off. And so I think you probably can move him from 77 Probably back up in front of, you know, a guy like a Terrence Ross. I think I'd rather have Bledsoe um, in there somewhere with it, with Thomas Bryant. So you probably move him up by about one round or so. Uh, and we'll do that here actually while we're talking, just so I don't forget to do it later. So Bledsoe back up a little bit now that it seems like he's back in time to get ramped up for the actual resumption, uh, resumption season. Um. Harrison Barnes is headed to Orlando. He's still going to have to quarantine for a couple of days. He was way down at the bottom of our board, and that's not changing much. Darren Fox says he's going to be a full go for practice later on today. He'll be ready for the restart, so we had never really moved him, assuming he'd be back in time. I think the Kings are going to make as as hard a push at this as they possibly can. You're going to see a lot of Darren Fox, and uh, there's a possibility if they actually play well their first couple of games, he might go in all eight of them. So he's pretty high on my draft board. Certainly a lot higher 
than when we were talking about him at the beginning of the season when I thought he might be a hair overrated. Not not right now. I think he's I think he's a potential value at this juncture. So we shall see. But anyway, uh, shuffling right along. Only one other thing to go over before we talk to Adam. And that, of course, is our partnership with the good folks over at Manscaped.com. Head over there right now. There's a D on the end of it. By the way, it's not Manscaped.com. It's Manscaped. Like you've already done it. You've already Manscaped.com. Coupon code is HoopBall20. 20% off free shipping on your order. They've got the Lawnmower version 3.0. Brand spanking new. I love, I love the idea of the built-in light. I don't know about you guys, but I, I have a very dark home. I, there just aren't enough lights in this place to illuminate. You don't want to leave one of those sproingers out of the side of your neck. Or maybe you're, uh, maybe you got a hairy back. I don't know. Get after it, man. Get a light on it. Make sure you don't miss that one gross one. Come on, haven't we all had that moment where you're like, oh, God, I've got a big interview today or a big sales meeting, and then you get in your car and you're like, oh, God, I missed the one that's like three quarters of an inch long. A light would have probably helped with that. Manscaped.com, coupon code HoopBall20. Thank you guys so much for how much you've done already on this front. Let's keep showing them how powerful we are as the HoopBall contingent. I teased it yesterday. The newest hoop baller. We got him here on Fantasy NBA Today. The great Adam King. Welcome aboard the pod. Welcome aboard the site, man. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Dan. It's it's good to be here. It took a while to get here, but um, and it's an interesting period to come in and start a new job like this. Uh, it's it's definitely not how I would have pictured it, um, but <laughs> excited to be here and probably a good time to come in because it's it's. Uh, um, it gives me a bit of time to to learn the ropes and, and how you guys work. So, no, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. So, in your mind's eye, you didn't predict a global pandemic, uh, <laughs> four-month shutdown, eight-game sprint. I think I'll jump and figure out a new place uh, right before that happens. Like, two years ago, you weren't like, that's what I'm going to get. That was, that's my plan? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. If that was the case, I probably would have won a lot more leagues. <laughs> if uh, you were that clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so so no but uh d- very different i guess over there compared to where we are over here in terms of of where we're sitting with the, the whole pandemic thing at the moment yeah what's what is going on down under right now i mean we're we're a mess over here uh yeah look we're not we're not too bad depending on where you are in the country um where so where where i live uh we we had a an outbreak in inverted comments about uh, two weeks ago, and that was five new cases. Oh, um, five. So, <laughs> a, a huge five. So I'm, I'm fairly certain that, I probably saw five people with COVID driving past a coffee shop like three blocks from my house you here. probably did. Yeah, yeah no, we're, we're nowhere near where you guys are. So we haven't had, uh, since those five people quarantined, we haven't had a new case in two weeks. That's amazing. Um, so... I mean, we're still on high alert uh, as we need to be, um, and there's a few outbreaks sort of scattered around where we are. Uh, but Melbourne is probably the 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 biggest hotspot at the moment down mm. here. They're getting sort of upwards of 400 new cases a day, which which for us is is a lot. Where are um, you? So I'm in I'm in Canberra, um, which is near Sydney, a couple of hours from Sydney. Sure. Uh, so about eight hours, seven, eight hours from Melbourne. Um, so all the borders are shut. No one's traveling down to Melbourne at the moment. Um, 
But I mean, look, all in all, it's as I mentioned to you previously, we're heading off on holiday tomorrow. So, um, yeah, look, we're 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 considering ourselves pretty lucky. Um, I'm envious, given the yeah, given the <laughs> state of, of of the world, I guess in general. Um, being an island is probably an advantage to us at this stage. Yeah, I am jealous. We, uh, man, we're, we, there are a lot of things that I want back and a lot of things that I'm afraid of right now. But I, I don't want to take us too far down this road. I'm sure everybody's heard me doing my, my daily uh, waxing and waning about uh, <laughs> the, the state of things here. Uh, you know, first and foremost, you can find Adam King on Twitter at AdamKing91. Adam and King are spelled exactly the way you'd think they are, and then the number's 9-1 after it. He is now the assistant managing editor here at HoopBall. Uh, I know I said it's already, it's it's thrilling to have you aboard, but, um, what you know, you're, you're like just getting into the mix, right? You started three, four days ago. Uh, yeah, so I had my first... Uh, sort of on-call training on uh, Wednesday morning, so two days ago. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> who's, who's, an who's Wednesday? That's somewhere. the question. Hey, what was that? I said, who's Wednesday? Your Wednesday or our Wednesday? My Wednesday, I think it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm on a few shifts, and but, but working with Panda and just getting across, um, I guess, some of the, the finer details of of how, I mean, every site works a little bit differently in terms of um, how the writing is put down. And so, so just getting across that is, um, is interesting, but um, no, look, I think I, hopefully I'll pick everything up pretty quickly and um, I should be, I think I'm into the full swing of things as of next week. So um, not much lead in time, but uh, that's the best way I think. Jump so how, in. I mean, l- let's go back even farther. Cause uh, how did you end up doing fantasy to begin with? Cause you and I, we actually kind of jumped from one side of the fence to the other, not that far apart in, in timing like you, right. We were both fantasy enthusiasts and I became more of an analyst type in 2016. I feel like you were just a few months after that, like 2017, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I started, I mean, obviously, it's the the NBA over here. Um, when I was growing up, was it was popular, but very very hard to to keep a track of. Um, it was often uh, staying up till midnight to watch a sports show called Sports Tonight that was on hmm. at midnight every night, um, and that was the only real place you could see highlights. Uh, and I think we got NBA action once a week on a Saturday. Um, that was about our, our NBA coverage, um, the, the, the limit of what we got over here. So there was a lot of reading box scores and, and, uh, basketball cards growing up. So, um, the, as league pass came in and that sort of thing, we were able to, to follow the game a lot closer. Um, and I think it was about 2013, maybe, um, a few of my mates just asked me, if I wanted to play fantasy basketball, I didn't really know a lot about it. Um, but I thought, why not? So jumped in. Um, I think I don't think I won the league, but I was pretty competitive and, um, I, I just love numbers and stats and, and that sort of thing. So, um, kept going for a couple of years, doing some write-ups and, and just thought, well, this is a bit of fun. It would be good to, to be able to contribute somewhere to, to help others. Um, contacted Josh Lloyd, um, most, most people listening would know who Josh is. Sure. Um, and 
sort of just bounced off him a little bit and and, and got a bit of a um, a bit of a guide on on how he started and, and what path I could take. Um, so he let me do a bit of writing for him, uh, and then I moved in into RotoWire, contacted them um, on his advice, uh, and they trained me up, uh, and I started doing the player blurbs over there. Uh, and you're right, I think that was about three or four years ago uh, that I started that, and then wanted to. They, they're obviously pretty loaded over there in terms of talent and um, and staff. So I, I sort of was just looking for an opportunity to be able to to do a little bit more and be a bit more active. Um, and someone, I, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, mentioned that fan tracks uh, were looking for someone to help them sort of boost their NBA profile a little bit. So I, I contacted them and and they were, they were great. I mean, they took me on board. Um, had a look at some of my stuff, some of my work, and and we we moved forward pretty quickly, um, and and I I started sort of turning out regular articles and uh, and a lot of Twitter stuff, um, and yeah, from there I guess I, I did that for about two years, and and as I said, it was it was fantastic. So uh, they they gave me the start really in terms of um, being in a position to get this opportunity. So uh, and and then. And then LinkedIn with you, and and here we are. So, yeah, excited. Yeah, that's a good journey. I like it. Um, hmm. So you, uh, I know you said you were just getting started here on the hoopball side, but you've already done an article, and I thought we might be able to talk about that on today's pod since it's about the resumption campaign and it's about value hunting. Which, come on, that's what we're all doing here anyway. Uh, there are, I believe, five five key names, uh, right? Oh, I think so. Yes. So yeah. So I tried to keep it. Um, I was chatting with Panda about this yesterday. Actually, I tried to keep my my articles and and any information I put out fairly concise and to the point. Um, I, I get a a bit of a feeling, and I mean that's just from talking to people and leagues that I'm in. Some people really love those deep dive pieces where you you go into all the advanced stats, and um, and I'm all for that. I'm, I'm not against that at all. Um, but I also find that a lot of people really put a lot of faith in what we say and maybe don't need as much evidence that they're more than willing to just sort of take us at our word. Um, so I, I like to do fairly concise um, to the point articles and it's the same with the Twitter stuff. I think the, the player notes that I, I sort of try to churn out every day when, when there's games going um, always get really positive feedback. And I think it's because it's, it's an instant hit. It's um, it gives people the ability to take, take information out of it very quickly. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, you see the world heading in that direction in, in the way that even sport is played nowadays with the, uh, um, over here a little bit more, I guess, with um, with our rugby league, we they have a, a competition of, of shorter games and tennis have the the sort of the, the short uh, two set matches. We have a lot of cricket over here that's been reduced in terms of time. So, People want really quick, um, quick fire information, and, and so, yeah, I, I just sort of limited the article to to five people and a couple of paragraphs on each. I want to tell you that I that I'm going to fight with you on any of these guys, but I I agree with 
at like four and a half out of five of them. So let's let's hit a few because I think people have heard me talk a little bit about these guys, but I want to get your opinion on them as well. I mean, I know your opinion on them from reading the article. By the way, you guys can go check this out by going to the HoopBall homepage, by following Adam on Twitter, by following HoopBall Fantasy on Twitter. It's all out there. It's not hidden behind any paywalls or anything. It's called Adam King's Resumption League Value Plays, and it's over at the HoopBall homepage. But the first one on the list is Miles Turner, who... Uh, you know, I've talked about on this show before as his relationship with Victor Oladipo seemed to help him, and now Demonis Sabonis having plantar fasciitis. This feels like an opportunity. I'm going to ask you a, a different question because I know you like him from the article, but are you at all worried that because there's been a lot of buzz around Sabonis's injury, could people now, could that allow people to kind of catch up a little bit with something that might have been happening anyway? I th- yeah, look, I think so. I mean, Sabonis doesn't it doesn't sound positive um, from what we're reading. Um, not being able to put weight on it is is a bit of a red flag. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Um, but in, in saying that, look, Turner Turner sat out today's scrimmage with calf soreness. Um, I think from what I was reading, so um, I guess that that puts a little bit of a dampener on on his prospects. Um, he's not. He's he's not a player that that completely avoids injury. He has had a, a, he's a fair share of injuries during his career. So, um, yeah, look, I think I think the Sabonis thing uh, makes him a little bit more public, I guess, in terms of the, the value he might have. But perhaps that that calf injury is going to turn some people away. Uh, and and I mean and based on what we mm. saw in the scrimmage today, I think we have to assume that Oladipo is going to play. Um, he looked pretty good in the scrimmage. Yeah. So I concur. Um, yeah. Do we think uh, this is something I've been hemming and hawing about myself? Do we think Oladipo is getting in there for six or more games, or do we think he's playing every other night? I just uh, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a tricky one. I, I would have thought they'd be a little bit cautious, but the fact that they ran him out in a meaningless scrimmage game, um, and and gave him like decent playing time during the game as well uh, would indicate that he's pretty keen to be out there and keen to play. And, and I think it depends a little bit on the, the standings and, and come the, the back end of the, um, of this lead in period, whether they need to win games and, and that sort of thing. But I, I don't know. I, I would hope I, I'm trying to be glass half full on all of these players and, and <laughs> hope that my, any team heading into the playoffs is going to want their guys to have had court time. They're normally coming into the playoffs, having played a full season of 80 games. Um, and they're, they're basically, they'll be coming into this playoff series after what, what's really a, a sort of a, an elevated preseason. So um, I'm, I'm hoping he'll, he'll play six. And I mean, I think I drafted him in our industry mock draft. So <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking with that hat on as well. All right. The second guy on the list, I don't uh, needs, needs no introduction to fantasy NBA today. Listeners just regale me with tales of why you love Rob Covington. Cause you know, I do. I know you do. And, and I, I end up with him in a lot of leagues uh, as well for the same reasons that you do. And I think he, he's just overlooked, um, I think his field goal percentage is a bit of a turnoff for people. I think he had a he had a year, uh, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago, where he started the season really bad, shooting twenty oh. percent or something. Yeah, else. I have I have it, like weird fantasy PTSD from that season because I had yeah. to I had to drop him. I had like four guys got injured and I couldn't yeah. play Covington 
because he was so horrible for those few weeks. And then he was like a top 30 guy the rest of the year. Yep. Yeah. And I think things like that just stick in people's minds. Um, and, and I mean, as with a couple of the guys here that I, that I've actually put, um, in my list, I think for, for some of those newer people to fantasy or, or people that don't sort of dive into the, the numbers as much scoring, I think is probably a category that, that they look at first and they, and primarily, and Covington doesn't score a lot. So, um, I think I put in there, he was, um, he was sort of up there nearly putting up first round value, um, when he was with the Rockets, but he didn't even, he didn't even reach 13 points per game. So, uh, it's all those other things that, that he does that, that give him his value. So, no, I love Covington. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. And his fit with the Rockets is fantastic. He gets to play a lot of power forward, which is great because yeah. the rebounding numbers are big. I mean, that one. And uh, after seasons where he was dealing with knee stuff, you know, he was playing every night with Houston. You know, there was no, there was no sign of injury, no sign of uh, things that they needed to take care of. He, he ended up having a, a really consistent year with both teams. Yeah, look, it make yeah. I think maybe that that knee injury, as we see with other players, was probably a little bit overblown. Um, he maybe he could have played a bit more than than he did, but um, and and also he had Tom Thibodeau as his coach, which probably <laughs> is uh, some uh, somewhat of a contributing factor. But no, I mean he yeah he looked fine in Houston. There was there was no load management or or minutes restrictions or anything. So I I I would assume he's good to go. And given the Rockets want to try and win as many games as they can. I, I can't see him playing less than seven games. I'm going to jump over a couple of names to the the fifth name on your list. I don't think these are in any particular order, but this one, of course, is a hoop ball favorite, and he's been rocketing up the board because no matter what Sacramento does, they cannot keep their front court healthy. Marvin Bagley is down and out. Harrison Barnes, by all accounts, still isn't with the team. I know they somehow fancy him a small forward, but... Come on, let's be real here. And That's so, another discussion. Yeah. So Nemanja Bialica's voodoo doll continues to work wonders, but in this case, it also helps our guy Rashawn Holmes, who now that his, uh, I believe it was lemon pepper chicken wings, right, that he ordered into the bubble and got himself Something quarantined. Like <laughs> Incredible like stuff. That, yeah. uh, well, he's out of quarantine, and it seems like he's going to get most of the minutes he can handle now. Like, what's, what's stopping him from being a top 30 guy? With Bagley out, uh, yeah. Look, I I would like to think nothing. Um, I guess the the one little I, I guess caveat or, or the the worry in the back of of my mind and probably most people's is that he's not. It's not unknown for him to to play fewer minutes than what we all think he should be playing. Um, I mean, he he should have been playing minutes like like this for probably two seasons, two or three seasons. So um, it is a Sacramento aren't the most predictable team in terms of rotations, but you would think that based on what he was doing early in the season, they have to run him out there. Um, He was their best fantasy player this season. So um, yeah, it it would make sense from, from where we sit that, that he should be, he should be up there probably second round, almost a second round guy. That's what I was going to ask you. How how early are you comfortable grabbing him? Because my, in my estimation, and you know, we don't have any precedent to work on with this resumption league stuff, uh, it feels like you need to get more aggressive with these guys because, frankly, there just aren't that many draft boards out there to use. And so you, you kind of have to make your moves where you can. 
Yeah, well, look, I think I'd be... I think he's probably going to go in... Uh, I don't even know where he went in in our draft, but I would think he's probably going to go around around 30. Um, perhaps a little bit higher. Depends who you're drafting with. If it's people that read your draft board... Uh, then, then yeah, he could go a little bit higher, but I think I'd be I'd be pretty comfortable taking him um, late second round. Mm, yeah, I, I can't I can't fight with you on that one. Um, Lonzo Ball is another name. I'm I'm circling around the last one that I think is going to be fun to talk about. This is probably the one where I, we're not going to argue about it because I've also been saying that I'm really bullish on Ball uh, after the way he played the final roughly month and a half, two months of the regular season. My only concern here is where is Zion? I mean, we know we know where he is in actual geographical sense, but we don't know when he's going to be back. Are you at all concerned that Lonzo kind of loses his running mate, the guy that was, for, for whatever reason, when Zion was doing more, it was helping Lonzo, and when Brandon Ingram was doing more, Lonzo faded into the background a little bit. Can he keep that aggression going even if Zion isn't back in time for the start of the resumption? Oh, it's definitely a risk. Um, and I think I think I read something on Zion yesterday, possibly, that, that he, is, he is undergoing daily testing. Um, and I don't know whether that's in the hope that when he does come back in, he may not have to quarantine, but I, I'm not sure of the exact sort of protocols there. Um and it sounded like from what I read that that he is still planning on rejoining the team. Uh, whether that's prior to, to the first game, I don't know. Um, but look, yeah, look, I mean, if he doesn't play, I think um, the ball obviously then will sit with Brandon Ingram a little bit more. And, and he he has a little bit more of a, a skill set that it doesn't. It doesn't match Lonzo completely, but he, he obviously um he's looking to to pass a little bit more that sort of thing which which is what Lonzo's doing so i think i think if zion's not there it probably drops lonzo down a little bit but um i, I still think that he's again much like covington he he doesn't score a lot so he he is overlooked in in certain uh situations and, and drafts so yeah a bit of a risk but i mean given it's an eight game stretch and, and we've we're going to have 5 or 10 dollars on most of these drafts, who cares? <laughs> just just draft him if you want to draft him. Yeah, whatever. Right, throw caution to the wind. I, you know, I'm. He's going. He's going earlier than I hoped. I guess I'm trying to think. I want to make sure I use the right word here with Lonzo because I thought there might be an opportunity to kind of sneak in and get him at a decent number because he was so good the last month and a half, two months. I thought maybe his full season mark might might bring him down the board a little bit. But what I think I may have also forgotten is that anybody who's playing these resumption leagues is a diehard fantasy nut. So there's just not going to be anyone that wasn't paying attention. And so you're going to have to go get your guys where you can. How early are you comfortable targeting someone like Lonzo? Uh, look, I, th- I think third, late third round, I'd probably probably hit him um i think even to begin the season i was taking him around uh i'm trying to think when i was um i did a, a draft in in las vegas with the rotowire guys in july last year um and i'm fairly certain i took lonzo in the fourth round even even then so uh i i think i'd probably 
yeah, probably third, fourth round. Uh, he went at 36 in our industry draft, so yeah. I'm just looking at that now. Yeah, I think that's probably where I would look that's for him about as right. well. And uh, Holmes, actually, in that draft, I, I was just curious to see. Holmes went at pick 60. I don't know how he fell that oh, far. Was that before the Bagley injury? It might have. Well, I thought it was possibly after, but we didn't have any confirmation on how serious it was. Oh, perhaps, uh, yeah. It's like in that yeah, weird I'm not in between. Sure, but... Yeah, that makes sense because yeah. he ain't falling that far anymore. No, no way. No. <laughs> all right, last guy in your list is one of my favorites, Shabazz Napier, who, you know, damn it all, is not falling anywhere because again, everybody's listening to the same stuff, and we can't get we can't get these stinking values. But I mean, listen, even with Bradley Beal, Napier was putting up top fifty value towards the very end of this regular season. What's to stop him from doing that here as almost the lead dog on that club? Yeah, look, there's there's not much. I mean, I, I guess yesterday's scrimmage wasn't overly encouraging, but it was just a scrimmage. Um, I think he and Ish Smith basically split minutes. So I guess the hope is that that doesn't happen. Um, right. Given that the Wizards are basically playing for nothing. I mean, I guess technically they can, they can make a push for the eighth seed, but... Um, yeah, look, I think that the only concern there is that that the Wizards perhaps want to give everyone a bit of a shot and and see where, while they decide on on their roster for next season. I mean, I get, I think Napier is a, is an interesting one because I think he's a lot older than people actually think he is. Um, he's he's twenty nine now, so he's not he's not sort of a, a young a young not a rookie, but but in one yeah. of his first seasons, so. I mean, he has had opportunities and hasn't maybe taken full advantage of those. And maybe the Wizards don't see him as as a sort of a, a key piece beyond this eight-game stretch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the hope is, based on what we saw in those uh, couple of weeks um, at the end of the season, um, I, I think it makes sense to have him in it. And it's not like Ish Smith is any younger or, or any more promising, so... Is Napier the riskiest of your five selections in this article? Uh, I think that, I mean, they, I think I would say the, the most certain would be Covington. Yeah. Um, there's not really, I mean, his role is clear. He's probably going to play all the games. You know what you, exactly what you're going to get from him. Um, Lonzo is a little bit reliant, as we said, on, on Zion being there. Holmes is reliant on the coach actually giving him minutes. Uh, which which is a little bit Napier. I guess Napier is probably the the least. Um, uh, what's the right word here? He, he he's the least certain in terms of of production because he hasn't done it with any consistency before. Right, uh, all kinds of other weird things can creep up. You got a team that doesn't really have any reason to just turn dudes loose. You've got no. you know like, but if it does click. And that's the thing about all of this. And I, I'm sorry to, to jump in here. It's the thing that's driving me crazy is he's going, you know, as early as I thought he might end up in terms of total value. But I, I never in my wildest dreams thought that everybody would be taking him at that juncture of these resumption drafts. Uh, they're, like the margin on a lot of the guys during drafts right now is so razor thin that when you get to that point, you kind of have to start peeling back on guys with risk because you know that you're the the upside of of some of these guys hitting is getting eliminated by 
simply how good everyone is in these resumption leagues. And I know I'm I'm this is like circular logic 101 with Dan Vespers today, but uh, it, it does make it hard. And so that's why I asked which of these guys was sort of the most risky because you maybe that's what we have to start thinking is how do I eliminate risk and just make sure I get my guys that are playing 32, 33 minutes a game. Yeah, and look, as you said, I mean, it's a very, it's a very small target audience. Um, given not everyone's playing fantasy, and Fantrax is the only site running leagues. Um, so, as you said, the people that are playing are, are going to be getting the same information that that everyone is getting. Um, and and so I'm just looking here at that at the uh, one of the ten dollar um, cash leagues that I think you're in it and I'm in it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think so the, the, I, if you're yeah. looking at the one I'm looking at, I got a pick coming up in three. I think. Are we looking at the same uh, one? Yes, we are. Yeah. yeah. So Napier went at uh, one, two, three, four. So pick forty-nine uh, in that draft, which is about as low. I think I've seen him going higher than that. Yeah, it's um, wild. That's wild. Like, yeah. what, I mean, this was a guy we needed to be going in the sixties or seventies, so that there was yeah. a margin on him. But the margin's getting wiped out. Yeah. It is, yeah, and, and I, look, I it, it could. I mean, we've only got another week or, or whatever it is until um, the drafts have to be done. But it's almost getting to the point where you have to possibly overlook. People will be taking him ahead of players that that might have a bit more of a guarantee, and, and so maybe there's going to be some some people left um, that you can target based on, on people overdrafting Napier. Yeah, I had no idea that they might might be an opportunity for an old man squad, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. You do have a... I'm looking at your team and... My team oh, you is got weird. Daniel, you got Daniel Tice. Very... <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Of course I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's the new marker. Just if you want to know which team is mine, just figure out where Daniel Tice is. You don't even have to look for a team name. Just look for that one player, and then you can extrapolate from there. But I did take – I took a young guy in that league. I took Karis LeVert in the fourth, which – You did, yeah. It's a bit of a roll of the dice. But you know what? They're they're in the playoffs-ish. and Ish. Ish. So he'll have to play, and we'll see what happens. Um, the wonderful, the magical, the brand spanking new to hoop ball, Adam King. Thanks, my man. It's so, it's really it's so much fun to have you here. We got to do this more often when I have childcare again. <laughs> yes, when things are back to normal. I'll, I have a lot more free time, I think, than you at the moment. So you, you're all living on top of each other by the sounds of things. Well, today, not so much, actually, um, because we had to have a plumber out. Um, so everybody besides me vacated the place because no one wanted to breathe the same air as a stranger. Uh, and I don't blame them. Like, doors are closed I spent the whole day in a surgical mask in my own house. It's um, it's a scene, man. It's a scene. Yeah, uh, it's a wacky world. It is a wacky world. He is at AdamKing91 on Twitter. Adam, thanks, my man. No worries. We'll do it again soon. The mighty Adam King. We got a few folks uh, from Australia in our ranks here at Hoopball. Our good buddy, Lyle Swithenbank. Basketball is big in Australia. I, I honestly, I can say this, and I and you guys can call me stupid. Like maybe I should have known this already. But when I got into when I and we were talking about this earlier with Adam just a minute ago, uh, when I sort of switched from avid player to podcaster and analyst, and learned about how popular the NBA was in Australia, it blew my mind. And fantasy NBA in particular. Now, there's a possibility here that some of it is just like, look, 
Australians speak the same language that I do. So, like, they're going to be a people that follow this podcast because it's in the it's in the correct language. But I also think that it's just, it's big. It's just really big there. Beyond just the default that we're talking about. So that's really cool. Um, excited to have Adam on board. He's a great fantasy mind. He is, if not the hardest, one of the hardest working people in fantasy. And that's the type of guys we like here, uh, having here over at the Hoob. Thanks again for listening, everybody. This was your week of Fantasy NBA Today. Again, hit me up if you want to join our insane ranks. At Dan Bespris is my Twitter handle. You can also email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. We got some new podcasts in the works. If you want to do one of those, you can bug me. If you want to work on our DFS team, you can bug me. Our gambling team, we're always looking for the best and the brightest. Again, manscaped.com is our partner. This is Fantasy NBA Today. You are headed into the weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. So long.